Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. He kōna e purangi te nei na te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Piki mai kake mai. I'm Alison Balance, and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ. Glaciers. New Zealand has a few, although not as many as we used to have. Most, but not quite all, are in the South Island. Climate expert Sean Eaves from Victoria University of Wellington is interested in what the evidence from past glaciers can tell us about past climates. And looking into the future... Glaciers are a sensitive barometer of changing climate. I meet Sean to talk ice. The recipe for a glacier, you need cold temperatures and precipitation. The cold temperatures partition precipitation into snow and rain, and snow is what the glacier wants, and the cold temperatures limit melt. So the colder the temperatures, the less of the snow and ice you will lose over the course of the year, particularly during summer. If you manage to keep some of your winter snow through the summer, then that will add mass and either sustain or start to build a glacier. So what defines where our glaciers are? Our glaciers exist in locations where those characteristics are met. And we like to think about this hypothetical surface known as a snow line. And this snow line is the theoretical surface at which uh, snow will survive over the course of a calendar year. In places where we have high topography, this may intercept the snow line and then we do get retention of snow. And if that snow line is too high and and topography is low, then obviously we don't have snow building up and glaciers existing. So that's why we get glaciers in the mountains, particularly in the South Island. That's right. We have very high mountains around the central Southern Alps, extending up above 3,000 metres in several cases. And generally our snow line in that location is about 2,000 metres elevation, uh, so we're getting snowpacks building up above that. That's so below 2,000 metres at the moment, and we'll come to that, you wouldn't get a glacier, but at the moment they're hanging in above well, 2,000 metres. you do get glaciers that extend below 2,000 metres uh, because the ice is flowing uh, under gravity, and that's why we get snow-free ice surfaces of the lower glaciers that extend below the snow line. But the snow line defines where the snowpack exists and where the snow will enter the glacier. Then gravity takes over and transfers that mass down valley. So even though you're losing snow and some ice below the snow line, you've got replenishment of that ice from the glacier deforming and flowing down valley. So we have hundreds hundreds of glaciers on the South Island? Thousands, actually. I think the last count was around 3,000. <laughs> well, we've just completed an updated inventory of the glaciers, and that number has declined by some amount. But, yeah, I think there's a few thousand glaciers still up there, mainly very small in area, um, with uh, the few larger ones, uh, Tasman Glacier, Franz Josef, the famous ones that, that people would know. What about the North Island? People might be uh, surprised to learn that we do still have glaciers in the North Island. It's hard to divine exactly how many. It really 
know, you start dealing with this question of what is a glacier and is there some size threshold for something to be classed as a, as a glacier. To me, a glacier is defined as a perennial body of snow and ice that's deforming under its own weight. And we know from the physics of how ice works that we need at least 30 metres of ice to actually develop a driving stress that will start that deformation process. Uh, but we don't actually know how thick the ice in the North Island is. Um, so to use that classification is difficult. I think there are about eight recognisable glaciers, all situated on the summit of Mount Ruapehu, uh, the volcano in the central North Island. This is the only peak in North Island that does extend above the regional snow line, so we do get snow uh, retained some years at the moment, not all years, on the summit, and that can supply mass to these glaciers. So I think there are about eight that are still recognisable as glaciers, and then there are a whole number of snow patches that might exist for several years, but uh, wax and wane um, on interannual timescales. And then there are other bodies that may be deforming, but we just don't have the data and, uh, to, to know if they are truly glaciers or not. So you said the snow line in the South Island is 2,000 metres. What mm. is it on Ruapehu? On Ruapehu, we think the snow line is at about 2,600 metres above sea level. And so this surface of the snow line, uh, it's not uniform in space. Uh, it is defined by climatic variables, but principally temperature. And because Ruapehu and the North Island uh, exists further north and closer to the tropics, it's surrounded by slightly warmer sea surface temperatures um, and we have slightly warmer air temperatures. Uh, that's why the snow line is at higher elevations. You have to go higher up the mountain before you start finding snow. Must be starting to get close to the summit of Ruapehu. It's very, very close. So Ruapehu has this broad summit plateau that exists at about 2,600 metres and it has narrower peaks that are part of the old volcanic edifice that extend above this threshold. The highest peak is Tahurangi, which is 2,797 metres above sea level, but it's just a very narrow piece of land sticking up, um, so there's not a whole heap of area for snow to fall and be retained. So once the snow line rises above Summit Plateau, then we see the glaciers essentially cut off from input of annual snow and, uh, and then we're just getting net melting and, and we'll see them retreat further. So as you say, that snow line's a bit variable. It's not set in concrete. It goes up and down. What's driving that? We have a noisy climate system. One year to the next uh, is not the same. In New Zealand, we're impacted by uh, climate modes such as El Nino oscillation. We have El Nino, La Nina years... Um, that are driven ultimately by sea surface temperatures uh, changing in the tropics and that propagates through the atmosphere and ocean and means that one year uh, is not exactly the same as the other year. The climate system is incredibly complex and well described by chaos theory and so we have a lot of noise from year to year. So even if climate change weren't a thing, we would have ups and downs in temperature and precipitation and other climate variables. Our weather wouldn't be constant all the time. So there's change from year to year, but there's also change over time spans of, I'm thinking, tens of thousands of years. I'm thinking the glaciations. So tell me about those and how they interact with glaciers. Yeah, that's right. We know that climate does vary over longer time scales, and we see this in natural archives that preserve climate signals. 
one of these archives where we see this very clearly is in ice cores, for example. Here we get a nice timeline of uh, past temperature changes and, and other climate variables. And they tell us that over the timescales of tens to hundreds of thousands of years, Earth has transitioned between two states, really, a glacial mode and an interglacial mode. And actually, if we take the last cycle, for much of the last 100,000 years, Earth has been in a glacial mode. We've had uh, much larger glaciers in alpine regions, not only in New Zealand, but in Patagonia, South America. And we had ice sheets growing over the continents of the northern hemisphere, such as North America and northwest Europe. Over 80 to 90,000 years of the last 100,000, Earth's temperature has been several degrees lower, atmospheric greenhouse gases were lower, sea level was lower, and the climate was quite different. About 20,000 years ago, that came to an end, and we transitioned to this other state, this interglacial mode. So we had melting ice over much of the northern hemisphere, the glaciers in the southern Alps started to retreat. That water going into the oceans caused sea level to rise. And we see in uh, ice cores as well that this was accompanied by uh, atmospheric greenhouse gas increase and temperature rise. So at the height of the last glaciation, there certainly would have been bigger glaciers on Ruapehu. What about other places in the North Island? So at the height of the last glaciation, the snow line across New Zealand and actually across much of the world was roughly 1,000 metres lower than present. So if we're at 2,600 metres on Ruapehu today, the snow line would lower to about 1,600 metres. That would mean that areas, mountains that exist around that elevation or are poking up slightly above that would start to retain snow perhaps over the course of a year. And if you think about mountains in the North Island, there aren't many that get up that high, uh, 1,600 metres um, it's still quite high for the low mountain ranges we have here. The Ruahinis, the Tararuas, uh, the Kawekas all top out at about that elevation. So these mountains would have been just on the threshold of glaciation, and some of them might have looked like Ruapehu looked like today, very small glaciers clinging to the upper mountains. There's not a whole heap of evidence to confirm this, the most obvious and striking glacial landforms we have in the North Island outside of the volcanoes come from the Tararua Ranges and Park Valley. There's a very clear U-shaped valley, a river valley that's been broadened by glacial erosion, and there are some depositional landforms and piles of rocks that are characteristic of landforms that form at the margins of glaciers today. So if you want to know where glaciers were, you have to go looking for the signs they left in the landscape. Absolutely. So we look at glaciers today. We're very fortunate in New Zealand that we have glaciers present and we can observe how they are moving and how they're moving rocks and sediment around the landscape and how they're altering the landscape around them. And we can relate those processes and the landforms that result from them. And when we find these uh, landforms outside of glacial areas today, then it's giving us a clear sign that the glacier was here. <laughs> so there's tantalising hints in the Tararua's Tongarero, Taranaki, they would have had glaciers? Tongarero, yes. There are clear glacial landforms there. Mangatapopo Valley, people who do the Tongarero Alpine Crossing, the car park at the start of that walk is where the terminus of the glacier during the last glacial maximum would be. There, And as you walk up the valley, you're walking over a much younger surface, the volcanic products from Mount Narahoe and other nearby volcanic vents. But there are large ridges on either side of you that are 
uh, large accumulations of unconsolidated sediments and boulders that were deposited at the margin of a glacier that filled that valley at the height of the last ice age. So you said the snow line was about 1,000 metres lower. What was the average temperature then at that time? Uh, temperature would be about 5 to 6 degrees colder than present. So not, not much different to today. You could take our winter temperatures and apply that to, as summer, and, and that's, that's broadly what climate would have been like. So not as extreme as you might imagine for such great effects. Might have been a bit different looking in the South Island, though, with the snow line further south there. I've heard stories of glaciers stretching beyond what's our current coastline, like enormous glaciers. That's right, yeah. Uh, so where we have much higher mountains and a lowering snow line, uh, they can support much larger glaciers. And uh, particularly on the west coast, where there's only a narrow strip of land, which would have been slightly wider with a lower sea level, but there we see, again, we see similar landforms, these moraine features, which are these accumulations of boulders and sediment that define the margins of a glacier. On the plains of the west coast, they do project out into the sea today, and so we don't actually know exactly where the terminus of each glacier there was. Uh, we only know that it's beyond the current coastline, and the evidence has either been reworked as the sea level rose or it's buried beneath the sea, and we would need some geophysical imaging to, to have a look at it. So you've been looking in the past, tr sort of working out what had happened tens of thousands of years ago. So what about going forward? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, there's no doubt that if temperatures keep rising, which we think they will, that the snow line will keep, keep rising. And because those glaciers are very close to the threshold for glaciation today, then that's not good news, and, and we will see greater losses and reducing inputs, which will reduce their mass overall. Exactly how that plays out is hard to predict on what timescales and uh, spatially as well. As glaciers start to get smaller and smaller, there are a number of subsidiary processes that um, become more important for their survival. Um, so they're not only defined by snow coming in and snow and ice going out, but there is other processes such as redistribution of snow by wind. Um, and this is only a minor portion of the mass balance of large glaciers. But for small glaciers, it can be very important for defining whether they exist or not. That's a process that's very hard to model with the computer simulations. And we would need to take that into account to understand better how these small glaciers will evolve in the future. There's also an interesting aspect of the glaciers on Ruapehu, but it also is involved in the Southern Alps, where we have rocks and sediment on the surface of the ice. This can insulate the underlying ice from uh, atmospheric heat fluxes. But like a blanket. Exactly like a blanket. So a small amount of sediment on the surface will actually enhance melt. It absorbs more radiation, and that can be transferred through a very thin sediment layer to the ice, but you cross this threshold after about a few centimetres and then it becomes like a blanket and you start to insulate the ice. And that process is also quite poorly understood um, and that will definitely play a role in exactly how glaciers on Ruapehu but also in the Southern Alps will evolve over the next few decades. Thanks, Sean. Sean Eaves is a glaciologist and expert in past climates with the Antarctic Research Centre at Te Heringa Waka, Victoria University of Wellington. I'm Alison Balance in this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ, first aired on the 4th of March 2021. 
You can find photos and links at our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. The subscription link for our free email newsletter is at the bottom of the page, as are a number of curated collections of our stories. Birds, Antarctica, the various voices of series that I've made, they're all there. We are SRNZ Science wherever you listen to podcasts, and there are plenty more podcasts at the Podcasts tab at rnz.co.nz. We hang about on Facebook and Twitter as RNZ Science. Many thanks for your company. Namihi.